from Today Radio Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. What a beautiful day. I'm in. You got a tan there, Scott? The old farmer's tan, mate. A farmer's tan, all right. I'm not the only one. You got a little bruise under there. Someone been squeezing you? Yeah. You know the old petrol pump? Uh It wasn't our two guests that have been the petrol pump? One of our guests has caught a bad dose of sun today, haven't you, Matthew, huh? Just a bit. <laughs> yep. So we've got a couple of, well, we've got two lads on work experience with you this week, Scott. Absolutely. We'll get into uh, we'll get into the crux of that later on. As always, you can join us live in the studio at 6215255000. Get involved. It is our local sports wrap this week on the Wednesday. I, would, I wouldn't say it's hot, hot, hot outside, but it is definitely a bit warmer. This is our 92nd show, Nathan. Yeah. Um, on Today Radio, offering uh, obviously views and insights uh, in, normally into our our, uh, our long list of distinguished guests, which thankfully Aaron and uh, Matthew are now part of. Um, just two sport enthusiasts. Uh, so in a nutshell, we'll try and cover every sport and event out there from competitions around the world, but specifically this evening um, in Luxembourg. Yeah, mate. Well, what about the work experience, boys? Let's just go straight on onto it. We've got Matthew. This is Matthew over to no, my left. This is this Matthew. Matthew to my left. Matthew Sheepers and Aaron Salmon. Matthew, Matthew you've got 20 seconds. Tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Oh, Matthew. Better yet, where are, you, where, are you, where, are you, where are your parents from? My parents were South African. I'm also, I was born in South Africa as well, 14 years old, play rugby. Cool. Born where do you South play? Where, what club do you play uh, for? RCL. Best club in Luxembourg. Yeah. Would you ever? Would you ever change colour? Would you? Would you go green? No. Never go green. Interesting one. So some people within us, some people without us, will go green. Others won't. What about um, you, Aaron? Your journey's a little bit. Um, there's a little bit more than just one nation. If you could give us a bit more about yourself, then. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm English, born in Scotland, and my mum's Italian. So yeah. And where have you lived on your way to Luxembourg? I uh, lived for seven years in the Philippines and then Newcastle for a brief bit and moved here. Stop it. Sounds like a good this TV di- show already, this is doesn't like, it? This is, diverse as, uh, this is as diverse as you'll get, isn't it? Gee, whereabouts in South Africa were you uh, Were you born? Port Elizabeth. Port Elizabeth? Yeah. yeah. Lived there for a year, came to Luxembourg, been here since. Been here since? Good. It's good to have a Southern Hemisphere boy with me. I even wore a little bit of green myself for you today, Matthew. Well done. Yeah, it's always good getting work experience in. It's going to be obviously fun for, for teenagers, isn't it? Provides them with good opportunities and uh, well, good I just, scope for hopefully they horizon. Don't, hopefully they don't chuck me under the bus here, you know, because I am going to have to do a reference for them at some point. So, lads, just uh, has, has, has take Scott it Has Scott given you the um, sandwich eating race yet? How, how quick you can eat a sandwich? It's going to take some time because this boy, he can hoof one down very, very, oh, mate, I very ate that quick. burrito today in about four minutes. Like, <laughs> oh, four minutes? Didn't touch the side. I'll give it 40 seconds. Um, but yeah, I know Nathan, I mean, just to, to give the viewers, um, obviously before we uh, we get into the, the real sport, just to give a bit of an overview, uh, I've got the two lads who are both at St George's School, been doing work experience with myself, obviously with Little Lions, but I guess one of the... The, uh, the bonuses about what I get to do for a living is, you know, the flexibility to be able to do the radio with yourself, Nathan. So 
obviously spoke to you in the build-up to it. It's a late night. I hope hope uh, this is overtime, you see that, boys. (laughs) So you guys were out teaching with uh, some of the schools today? Yeah, we're at St. George's today. You're at St. George's. You're at the school that you go to. Yeah. With with the younger ones. Oh, with the young ones. You weren't teaching your mates. They're all at work. They're all at work. Oh, they're all doing work experience. Yeah. And then my boys, uh, we, you were in at the deep end this morning um, at one of the French schools that I teach at. What am an absolute shambles? The, uh, did you hear about the fire in Ham? Yeah. It took me an hour and a half to get there this morning. The lads were there before me. It's embarrassing. So you started the class without? No, I didn't start the class. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just do it. Do Matthew it on the night. Aaron stepping up to the plate 101. It's only Wednesday morning and they're leading their first class because uh, Sir was stuck in the... Stuck in the traffic. Perfect. We'll, we'll get back to the work experience stuff in a minute. But um, as always, we uh, kick the show off um, about sport and its history in the world. Nathan, what have you got for us? Mate, 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 there's some good stuff out there today in sport and the history in the world. Husband and wife team, Ludvika and Volta Jacobson, they were representing fi- uh, Finland to, and they won the, uh, the pair skating gold medal at the Antwerp Olympics, which were in 1920. Now, Ludovica was the only German-born athlete at the game, and I, at, the, at these games. Now, I threw that into the mix because obviously last week we were talking about um, Russia and, and will Russian athletes be competing in the Olympics. But after World War One, the five countries, Austria, Hungary, Germany, Turkey and Bulgaria, Bulgaria. They were not invited to the 1920 games. Very interesting. So very interesting, isn't it? I, to be honest, I didn't know that. They, and had I had I didn't know because the question you we got we got put on me last week is what was my opinion uh, opinion on it? And I said no, I think Russia should be in the games because it because it unites people. But had I had I known this, taken a different case, um, different take on it, would we invite the countries that are at war or or, or, or invade or invading? Is there is there if there's a clear cut policy then? Who knows? Absolutely. Well, it doesn't happen often enough to... Uh, well, there's always, really... a, there's always a war going yeah, yeah. on, though, to be honest. Absolutely. No, so this fun. also similarly um, happened. Germany and Japan, who were the Axis powers in World War II, they were not invited to the 1948 games that were uh, held, in, held in London. I mean, traditionally, you go back into the more... Um like I guess you know hundreds of years ago where there was more of a gentleman's agreement wasn't there I know sort of when you look back at where the Olympics obviously originated from in like Greece um, if there were conflicts going on people would be allowed to compete you know and take a break from war almost it's almost like you you hear the stories about the uh, the first world war with the Christmas truce and stuff like that where on Christmas day they that's basically right. stopped and all met in the middle and played a game of football and all that sort of stuff but yeah that's right I'm going to stay on 1920 because ice hockey made it its Olympic debut at the Antwerp Games with center Frank Fredrickson scoring Kiwi. That on debut on debut debut laughing at my accent scoring seven goals in Canada's 12-1 drubbing of Sweden in the golden uh, in the um, in the gold medal match, 1931. Lou Gehrig. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you know? Him? Baseball player. Baseball player. Well, he had a home run, um, but it was but it was called out because he uh, passed a runner. Okay, but that run cost him. Uh, and the overall runs that he he got for the season it oh, actually really? cost it cost him. So therefore, himself and Babe Ruth. Drew the um drew the tied drew, drew for the tied record yeah. because he overtook a runner. Gee, was you boys play cricket? No, you don't play cricket. First time this week. Yeah. First yeah. time this week. We better play cricket at the end of this week. We're doing enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1941, a tradition began on this day. Now that was the first organ at a baseball stadium at the Chicago Cubs. Now oh, Vin- that's that. Dun, 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 dun. 
Oh, oh keep going. <laughs> keep going. That's exactly right. That's the only exactly reason right. I know that you music got, got, is from... Got, uh, I give them the chills. Hook. The film Hook. Yeah. Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Robin that's Williams. where they... Uh, where they that's, that's where I remember that from. Oh, who See, I told you, it doesn't take me long to talk about who film played, who, who played Hook? Who, played, who actually played uh, Hook? Dustin... Hoffman. He's brilliant. Dustin Hoffman? He's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Now, venues began installing organs to provide background music and sound effects. For many years, the organ was the only source of music at baseball games, and then obviously now it's become an integral integral part of game day experience. Well, not only organs, it's everything. There's entertainment galore to sell it, as, isn't there? So that was in 1941. Uh, 1952, we don't often talk about women's golf, and we've got a golfer in the studio right now. We've got a golfing fan in the studio right now. Patty Berg, she scored 64. Patty Berg's not here, by the way. Um, she scored 64 and then the best competitive round by a woman. 1952. Well done, Patty. But actually, the lowest score for one round over 18 holes goes to none other than Annika Sorenston. Now, she did that in, um, she, well, she scored a 59 on the LPGA Tour during the 20, uh, 2001 Tour at... Uh, in Phoenix, what a place to go! Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Arizona. Many other. There were many other topics on what of, of sport in the history today, but there's other other oh, riff raffies ones. T- Tyson got caught drag racing his Lambo, and Maradona got arrested for u- um, for using possession and distribution of uh, illegal narcotics. It's an interesting one. 1985 birthday of John Isner. Are you into your tennis, lads? No. no? No, this is very John is not big, big American, um, big American, two a, two meters eight. Yeah, big old boy, um, involved in the longest tennis match. So have obviously, a have a, get the get the lads to have a punt. Yeah, give me, give me how long? What's the longest tennis match, Aaron? Uh, I'm gonna say like seven or eight hours. Seven or eight hours. What are you going for, Matthew? Two days, bit over the top, bit over the top. No, it's 11 hours and five minutes. So normally, men's tennis match can last five sets, but if it goes to the tiebreaker, um, it can obviously go on a lot longer. And this went on for five sets uh, and 183 games. Um, and he defeated uh, Nicholas Mahout, um, which lasted, yeah, 11, 11 hours and five minutes oh, well. and was played over the course of... Uh, Three well, days. three days. It's not three full days, though, is it? <laughs> it's still okay. not, but still. Um, but, um, yeah, it's the longest uh, longest game ever. And I remember it happened at Wimbledon to the extent where, obviously, they don't expect the games to take that long, so they have to push back all the other matches. And, as you know, it's pretty pretty full-on trying to get a tournament in in such a short amount of time. I mean, I, mean, I wonder how long it was before they were back on court again for the for John Isner's uh, next round. What, what I find... He probably just went straight to the other court. Yeah, exactly. What I find funny is people be like, oh, you know, that's uh, it must have been amazing on the NGC stuff. But as soon as you say, oh, do you want to watch a cricket match for five days? They're like, oh, that's boring. Boring. Oh, well, there's a little. There's a few other little things that questioned, oh, important stuff about John Isner. He's been in the top 25, uh, top 25 of the ATP for 12 consecutive years. That's some um, going. Twelve years in the top twenty-five. He had a career high of number of eight, and I think it was like two thousand. I'm not sure. Don't correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was like in two thousand and seventeen. Um, he also has the most aces in the history of the ATP Tour. Is that a surprise at being two meters eight? Mm, I'm not surprised because that ball's coming down on one hell of an angle, isn't it? Have a guess. Up until well, the, the, the latest recordings I've got, there's another guess for you. How many aces do you think the boy has hit? The boy, the man, the 2.8 metre man has hit in his career. I'm going to guess here and I'm going to go for 14,222 aces. 
You're a spoiler, Scott Brown. You I nailed it. The nail it, huh? Shouldn't have put the notes in front of me. <laughs> yeah. um, but, gents, that's just obviously a part of the work experience. I've asked you to prepare a couple of topics. Um, and, Matthew, you've got a little bit on cycling, Formula One and ice hockey. Aaron, you've gone further, obviously, the uh, the Wrexham promotion, which is gathering a lot of traction on social media and such, the Ryan Garcia and Tank Davies boxing match, and the NBA play- playoffs. Oh, so, fellas, we'll, uh, we'll wrap into this Matthew cycling talk to me Nathan and I will throw our our 50 cents into this let's go of course on the weekends I got to watch a bit of cycling with my dad if I'm not cycling with him myself so on the weekend that was Le Liège Baston Liège which was won by Remco Evenepoel and Demi Vollering on the women's side and uh, sadly Tadej Pogaccia crashed out with 185 kilometers to go after he had a very dominant beginning of the season and he had a quite a clear opportunity to win the to win the race but obviously he lost the opportunity and I mean this weekend we have upcoming races in fact today we had a race start there was the Tour of Romandy which started today it's a five day race oh, that was about what I was about to ask you these are all precursors I guess to the Tour de France in the yeah. summer is it yeah, the Tour de France starts on the first of July, so not too long. Until not too long. Yeah. Do you say you you uh, you go, have you been and watched them with your dad, or you just you watch them on the on the telly box? Um, TV most of the yeah. time. Yeah. Occasionally, I go with my dad to the races, but normally we should organise a tour just to go uh, on one of the mountain stages. It's like the best thing I've ever seen is uh, you know when the lads are going up the steep hill in the Alps and stuff. And this is about 12 blokes are all you've seen Borat, you've seen the Mankinis. Yes. It's about 12 of them all in these big. You know, the big green fluorescent mankinis jogging, <laughs> sprinting up the hill alongside the guys on the cyclists just to get on Eurosport for their 12 seconds of fame and then done. Can you, yeah, they've probably camped out for make, years for that. Do you notice the enthusiasm he's got to put on a borrowed outfit? Do you think mustache? Do you think <laughs> well, great. Give, got, me, well, that, give me a heads up so I can grow the moustache. You know? <laughs> um, Aaron, you're talking about the, uh, the Wrexham promotion. Oh, I'm interested. So, so where, where did your where, where did this interest come from? Did, have you watched the documentary on Netflix? Uh, no, not yet. But um, uh, one of my teachers used to talk about Wrexham a lot, so I've uh, paid attention to it on social media a lot more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they got promoted recently uh, after Ryan Reynolds uh, bought the club in 2021. After, they haven't been into League Two, which is the fourth tier of English yeah, football yeah. in 15 years. and um, It's quite an achievement because, just to give it context, it's not a case of they've come with £150 million and just pumped it in. It's I think they only bought the club for like £2.5 or something, wasn't it? It wasn't a huge amount of money. And it was a... the Sorry to interrupt you here, Aaron. Um, the Wrexham was actually owned by the supporters, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so they, you know, they made a big thing, obviously, about, um, you know, allowing the, the supporters to still have the the say in uh, in how it's run. But yeah, Aaron, on you go, sorry. Uh, yeah, they've had a long run of good results. Um, uh, for example, on the 10th of April, they had a so uh, match against their second place, well, second place, Knox, Knox County, County, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that, was the, that was the final. Was that the final match? Was it? Uh, no, go? no. 
Uh, that's just of, against their closest rivals, yeah. isn't it? So this was practically for the well, two would finish well, top, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the man, the Man City Arsenal match, which is going to take place. Obviously, if Arsenal win that, that puts them in a fairly dominant position. But th- this game almost seals the deal, doesn't it? For whichever team wins, I know because Man City are obviously two two games behind at the moment, and if they win both of those, they would they would go above. Um, interesting one about the the Wrexham though. Um, only one team gets promoted from that league, isn't it? Yeah. So the team that Notts County have obviously, in recent years, the number of points they have accumulated over the course of the season would traditionally see them promoted, but obviously only one team can go up. So it's a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of a bit of a sour taste. But yeah, what? Yeah. Um, and um, they've they're, they're, the the Wrexham team hasn't really. It sort of improved a lot since Ryan Reynolds bought it, but their one of their major improvements uh, was a summer signing, uh, not sorry, winter signing of uh, Ben Foster, who'd recently retired. Yeah. He was a former Watford and Man United goalie. Yeah, that's right. And in this game, they uh, Notts County got a very late penalty, and obviously Ben Foster, uh, he, well, he saved that penalty and got. Wrexham a 3-2 win against their biggest rivals. There you go. It is like, it's I know, just a Netflix... It's just, well, it already is a Netflix documentary, <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be dramatised and get some big names. You know, hopefully right. Arnold Schwarzenegger and people like that. They lo- they'll love this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a documentary that's on the uh, on the Netflix list, along with... Um, so, the, so... The golf one. What's the golf one? What's the golf one called? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I've, I've, I've watched the. I think I've watched them all as well. Uh, You're just getting old, mate. You can't remember anything. Oh, I watched. I, What's it called? I don't know, mate. Snapshot? No. What's it? That's going to do my head in. Shall anyway, sorry. Huh? Shall I ask Siri? Yeah, <laughs> stay away, Siri. Um, yeah, along, I've got to finish Peaky Blinders first. But Matthew, just jumping full over. Full swing. You. There we go. Full thank, swing. Thank there you, you go. Siri. Yeah. Cheers, Siri. <laughs> Matthew, you're talking about Formula One. What have you got for us? Well. Round one of the the season was in Bahrain, of course. Verstappen won, very dominant, and of course there's the the Bahrain curse. So we'll see if Red Bull actually break the curse this year, because as we saw last year, Charles Leclerc won in Bahrain and he finished second overall. Oh, that's interesting. So if you win, if you win in Bahrain, normally you, finish, you don't win the title. You finish second. Yeah. Oh wow! You, you heard it here first, exclusive. Matthew's calling go. it. Matthew's you gonna call it? Is anyone gonna anybody gonna beat Red Bull this year? No, Red Bull looks quite dominant. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that uh, Max, Max Verstappen's going to walk out with the new rule changes? He's just a uh, few people are trying to pull him up at the moment, aren't they? What are the rule changes, Nathan? Uh, I don't know, but there is a rule change that's, that they're talking about. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sorry, Matthew. On you go. And then, of course. Uh, Perez came second with Fernando Alonso in third, and then round two, Saudi Arabia. Perez got first, Max Verstappen second, Fernando Alonso third again. Round three in Australia, Verstappen first, second Hamilton, third Alonso. And then the upcoming rounds this weekend is going to be Azerbaijan. It's a sprint race, so we'll see how that goes. First sprint race of the season. Then round five is going to be Miami, USA. Round six, Imola, Italy. I mean, this season... Aston Martin's had a very, very good season so far. 55 points in the whole of last season, and they're already up to 65 points. I mean, they've had a big change with their with their t- um, 
with their new technical director who came from Red Bull, so could have helped a lot with their car and developing and speeding up their car and with their new driver. Obviously on a big cha-ching, yeah, load that, of chatter there. That's what Max Verstappen was unhappy about, He because it's going to be, um, because it is the first sprint race weekend, um, and it was introduced to spice spice up a few certain races, offering venues the chance to have three days of competitive running. Um, I don't actually know exactly what the sprint. Sprint is a shortened version of the Grand Prix, 100 kilometres of the circuit. That will equate to 17 laps. 17 lap sprint. Yeah, so and you get Verstappen wasn't happy about it, so he and he and he was yeah he was he criticised it a lot. So as a few of the boys said, if you don't like it, shuffle on. Yeah, uh, in a sprint race, you're just racing for. Uh, what you would be racing for in qualifying, so where you start on the grid on Sunday for the actual race. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! So we like that. You like that? You think it's a good one? Uh, You're traditionalist. Uh, I'm I'm traditionalist, but I think it's good for a lot of newer F1 fans to get into the sport because it is more exciting. Yeah. But it means that drivers have a lot less practice on the circuit. And more instinctive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. trying to trying to get it. We, we've then, talked about it before. Again, but then again, they they should. I mean, they would okay more practice with their with their cars and things. But they don't they should know the track well enough. But uh, yeah, but F one is one of those sports you really can't practice. Yeah, you, you can. I mean, over brakes, you're not allowed to get in the car. You're not allowed to touch the car. So it's one of those things where you have to know everything to a T. But like shortening, shortening down the cricket, you know, getting yeah. out of this making I mean, that's, making more more sh- shootout types. Well, that's what we're trying to do. Trying to get to the stage with like obviously the Netflix documentary, which we've talked about before, but it's all about trying to get more people involved. You know, you've got these races out in Miami now, um, Las Vegas. Is that next year or is that this year? That's, that's this year. Yeah. So obviously, you know, they, they they've got a big following with the Yanks and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, Formula One has a massive. Netflix documentary called uh, Drive to Survive, yeah, yeah, which yeah. has been really, really big, push, yeah. pushing the sport onto newer fans. Well, everyone's into this, uh, yeah. these these binge watching. You know, we can go home and watch three or four episodes a night, and it's actually it's just the way way it's going. But um, Aaron, you also wanted to chip in about the boxing that took place this weekend. Uh, yeah. Ryan Garcia against Tank Davies. Yeah, um, obviously, there's been massive amounts of hype. Uh, leading up to this fight, um, Tank Davies obviously being a couple years, well, four years older than Ryan Garcia, but both of them went into it uh, undefeated, I think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Garcia with 19 k- uh, knockouts in what 23 wins yeah. beforehand, and Tank Davies with 27 in 29 win. Yeah, with 29 wins. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, being in the UK, you don't hear as much about up and, these up-and-coming guys until one of the Brits really goes in uh, uh, and over and fights them. Obviously, the last big one was Deontay Wilder, wasn't it? And he, you know, he was just going about his business and, and all of a sudden it's they're talking about this guy who's fought over 40 times and knocked over 40 people out. So, but yeah, what happened there? Um, well, the fight uh, lasted seven rounds. Um, Garcia was, well... Landed, technically landed more uh, more strikes, but uh, his success rate was twenty three percent, which is nothing compared to Tank Davies' thirty four percent. So Tank was being a bit more uh, well reserved and waiting for uh, Garcia to slip up uh, to slip up, 
and he landed a nice, what, overhand, I think, in round two. And that, well, made Garcia stumble a bit. And then, obviously, in round seven, uh, he la- uh, he landed a liver shot to knock Garcia out. As far as the body, went, body shot, he, he, went, went, he, went, he went straight down, didn't he? Yeah, really. Uh, he sort of took a knee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was gone. Um, with, uh, yeah, it was a, with a straight left. I uh, couldn't get back up, and but there's been an internet meme about it. Oh, really? Around. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've uh, seen it. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> well done, good man. Uh, you, you like your boxing, Aaron? Uh, more into UFC. You like UFC yeah. more? Boxing is yeah. Yeah, if you had to, if you had to choose, I mean, you're, uh, you've got a uh, great British uh, background. If you had to choose between Tyson Fury or uh, Anthony Joshua, Joshua, who's your, who's your pick? Fury. Fury's your man. What about you, Scott? I don't care. You don't care, <laughs> Matthew. Fury. You like Fury? Jeez. Gypsy King. The Gypsy King. He's uh, lads. We may, we may come back to you about a few more topics. We're just going to speed things up a little bit here because we've obviously got quite a lot of local content to get through. Um, obviously, the handball uh, in the men's. We had playoff game day eight of ten. Kajian current on twenty six points. Esh on twenty five. Birstrom on twenty three. Diffidange on eighteen. Within the women's, the same again. Dude Lange uh, out in front on thirty nine. Kajing on thirty seven. Diffidange on thirty two. And D Kirsch rounding out the top four on 18. On the volleyball side of things, Strassen beat Bertrand 3-0 and 3-0, making it their 17th championship title. I actually saw a brilliant video on Instagram where there someone was filming the phone and you know how you have like the bio for the sports teams and stuff. It's like yep. has the 16 and it deletes it and changes the 17. Thought it was a classy <laughs> touch from there. Uh, they've also won the double with the cup eight times in the women's. Wolfer beat Jim Volley 3-1 and 3-2 and that is their eighth championship title. On the 27th of June to July the 1st, the Queen and King of the Court is organised by Beach Volleyball. The tournament will be the second official European Championship and therefore we can look forward to a volleyball event at a world level. Speaking of world level, we had the two fellas in from Indiaca. So Luxembourg are actually world champions at Indiaca at over 40s level. Wow. Fair play. So there you go. Yeah. Just bouncing back. Um, all part of Luxembourg's 50th anniversary, which will be uh, European champions, Olympic winners, and the best that European beach volleyball has to offer in conjunction with the European it's Volleyball be, Confederation. Be an in- interesting uh, tournament, this, because it's not like your, it, it's not a normal tournament. Because it, um, I believe while in classic beach volleyball, two teams play against each other on two winning sets up to 21 points. In this formula, five teams compete at the same time on one sandy court for the most points within 15 minutes. But to get a point to get it counted that you must get to the king side first we have it we, we're in squash we call it like a king of the court or yeah. ins and outs and king of the court to get your point so an it's going to be a really inter- interesting one it's an interesting uh, one because you've got again there's just another way of trying to engage more people trying to make it more faster you absolutely know, i really like the idea involved. of what um what the what what the handball um, volleyball rather uh, um, of luxembourg uh, committee are trying to do it's actually even part of the 50th anniversary many sports having their 50th anniversary we've got rcl later on in the year haven't that's we? right yeah. we've got rcl um a big dinner up there going to cause a bit of trouble won't we I even know the National Squash Federation have the 50th uh, anniversary this year oh very good Matthew you played any volleyball oh I should probably give it a try maybe yeah Yeah. interesting there's one right next to the pitch up at Sessons you know Right. Yeah, 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 yeah beach volleyball right. one. Yeah. Would you, uh, do you? Would you? Would you be a short man, or would you be your? Uh, would you? Budgie smugglers, you know. Budgie smugglers. What sort of? What? What? What sort of volleyball player would you be? 
would you go for budgies or budgies or boardies? Get the rig out, you know. Oh, budgies, of course. <laughs> budgies, good man. We like it, like it. What, what about yourself, Aaron? Budgies. Budgies. Yeah, we go two from two. I think Scott will go through, make that three from three, and I would make that four from four. We'll bring our own team. We'll get to just... Maurice Welsh met with um, RTL's Frankie Hibbert a few days ago since retiring from volleyball. Um, yeah, she's been involved with the national team for a considerable amount of time. She's a physio, um, and obviously, you know, the nature of playing sport at a high level, you know, you have to know when to step back. Um, she celebrated with her Walford Orange team in their eighth championship. Um, and she's been pres- she's been present with every title. Um that they've won Fair against crack. Jim Volleyball at the weekend. Fair crack of the sauce bottle. She can obviously deserves a, a good, what do you call it, sports pension? Sport. <laughs> Retirement. If there's such a thing. Um, ice hockey, Nathan. Yeah, mate. So Division 3 World Cup in South Africa. The team have returned home. They um, Unfortunately, they finished last with a ratio of three goals to 28. Not the best, but they had to deal with group winners Taiwan, Thailand and Turkmenistan in their group. Um, and the opponents were simply too big for the young uh, Luxembourg team. The first match, we lost 10-2 uh, to Thailand. Then Turkmenistan, we lost 4-1. And then again to Taiwan, 10-0. So... Yeah, in the final match, we lost to South Africa. There we go, South Africa, 4-0. Is that, a, is that a yay or a nay? You go for South Africa or, or, or Luxembourg in the ice hockey? Uh, well, South Africa won, so I mean... <laughs> so you got to go for South Africa, yeah. I guess. I'll go for whoever wins. <laughs> yeah, now, of course, the uh, Luxembourg Ice Hockey Federation has drawn to the right conclusions, and uh, President Alan Schneider, he said the mentality's got to, is, is got to be right, it must be right, and he said and e- every one of those athletes wants to play for the national team. Um, um, with is the, that, uh, sorry, is that... Everyone wants to, or no, everyone, everyone w- should want to. No, he, he's he's kind of what he's saying. He said everyone wants to, and everyone everyone should. But everyone is doing it. They're all young players, and they're all basically fighting. So he's, not a, he's not having. He's not. No, a dig. he's certainly not having a dig. He's actually very, very, um, very proud of uh, proud of the guys. Now, the national coach, who's Krista Eriksson, who he sat on the bench for the first time at a major tournament with the Luxembourgers. He's obviously he's got a, an, enough work ahead of him. Um, he was actually the national coach in France and became the Malouz champions with the Scorpions. So he will definitely bring the necessary know how how to bring the 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 ice hockey uh, formation to the right um, to the right level. Um, yeah, so at the World Championship, Division 3 in Cape Town, South Africa, Luxembourg gave out in fifth and last place with no points. Taiwan, though, moved up a division. There you go. Well you done. just don't think, when you talk about South Africa, you just don't think about ice rinks, do you? But do you think Thailand, Taiwan? Don't think about... <laughs> True. Touche. <laughs> yeah, don't, Touché. don't think about ice hockey there either. Maybe Luxembourg, probably the coldest of a lot, is it? Yeah. Turkmenistan, I don't know what the weather's like in Turkmenistan. Probably a bit... Probably Where is time. Turkmenistan. It's over that way somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, They're probably asking, where's Luxembourg? Yeah, exactly. Germany, isn't it? Somewhere. Um, in athletics, we had the 12th edition of the uh, DKV Urban Trail. 4,200 runners on Sunday. Big popular celebration. Uh, lots of steps, lots of slope. Have you, boys um, ever, have you boys run the DKV Trail? You run it, Scott? I did many moons ago. Many, should say many moons ago. I think I would, I would have done it probably 12 years ago. I would have done the first I'm, one. I'm surprised you made it into the show this evening. Didn't you go for a run earlier? Yeah, yeah I did. Was, the weather's glorious. Where Why did not? you go? Did you do the loop? Well, there's various loops around the You country. know the loop I'm talking about, the one in San Vila that we do? No, up and down the hills? Yeah. No, no not around the hills. The uh, one down, over to Contern and stuff like that. No, 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 no. I did the one out, out the back of um, Shrasig, Choutranche. 
round out there. Easy one. Where no one, where no one can see Flat. me. But boy, did I plod. <laughs> you like get off, get off into the hills and stuff, and just have a sit down and reflect for a no, little bit. No, I didn't have a sit down on the old uh, on 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 the seats there. I managed to get get round in a uh, yeah in a record thirty four minutes. Not bad. So it's, it's going well today. Oh, like the, the Rocky man, Balboa huh? type, you know. On your salads and stuff. Good man. Good to see. <laughs> Boys, you weren't on the salads today. What do we have for lunch, huh? Uh, burritos. Burritos. Really Where'd you get them from? <laughs> the taco shop. Any good, were they? They were amazing. Yeah? yeah. Burrito. Even burrito racing being, was... Even better when they're being paid for, it. you know, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, in football, uh, we've got the campaign uh, for the European under-21s uh, begins. Um, start with a new coach. Dan Hurt has become the new coach for the under-21s. Um, and he sat on the bench in Waltz until October 21. Um, so yeah, we wish him uh, wish him all the well, it's best. Good. So under, I mean, I'm not sure, but it was about a year ago or two years ago. The under 17s had a really good run. I mean, they beat this year. This year, it's in the process of going through it. They they nearly they've they've had good results against France and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. There's certainly a, a a wealth of talent coming through in Luxembourg in the football circuit, as we know. I'm going to give you a little bit about squash tonight. Oh, what the, a nose! Tonight's squash. the penultimate night of the FSL Championships, where six teams play in six divisions all vying for a promotion relegation for next uh, next season the winning team of the championship have they have the right to represent their club and our nation in the European Club Championships very much like most of the other sports um, they'll be held in Panabord in Germany mid-September the men looks like it's already won with uh, G-Squash who play out of uh, Cockleshire and for the women it is Squash Factory Schengen who play out of the venue Top Squash Top Squash some venue that, that there isn't it <laughs> you better believe it, huh? Um, as always, we want to give a shout out to uh, the Corporate Touch League, which obviously kicks off next week. Um, we'll run from May the 2nd up to July the 4th, every Tuesday from quarter past seven till half past nine. If you don't have a team, get in touch and they will sort you out with one. You've obviously got the bar and the uh, the bar and the barbecue to look afterwards. Can I do that? Can I can I call that out again? Exactly the same thing. RCL Touch. They <laughs> next week. Is it? Good old number, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make yep. sure people are listening, huh? Yeah. Um, obviously, I've got to say, stop saying obviously. It's like my word at the moment. Um, RCL will also host their second Ladies' Day um, at Sessange on the 14th of May, it, building on their recent Ladies' Day where they had over 50 ladies down, all shapes and sizes, all ages as well. So the more, the merrier. Any mums out there who are interested in getting involved, um, do get yourselves down yeah. there. Gents, you're obviously uh, both currently playing at uh, RCL. What age group are you playing for at the moment? Under 16. Under 16s. How's your, uh, how's your season going at the moment? Well, amazing. finished. Huh? We just finished our season. Just finished, and uh, have you have you just finished? Like, so when was your last game? Last weekend, well, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. On Saturday, and how how did that game go, Aaron? Well, uh, honestly, amazing. It was a sort of fairy tale ending to the season. Um, we were going into the game. We were tied on points for second with uh, Brussels Celtics, um, and Visa Visa, the team we were playing, had already won. Uh, so we were playing Division Two in the Belgian league. Visa had already won the uh, won the league, but they're in Entente, which is a it's like a mix of two teams. Yeah. Okay, uh, so they're not allowed to get promoted to Division One. So we were playing, uh, we were playing them with the hope of, well, a beating them and b uh, making sure that Celtics lost to okay. Mons, who were fourth place. Yeah. 
Matthew, do you want to take over? Well, I mean, Vise had won every game of the season and we were the first game they had lost. So, I mean, we won our game. We're oh, you're just going to ruin it. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Oh, my apologies. <laughs> but how did? But but how did? Um, it's the manner, the yeah, manner the of the victory, Matthew. Can yeah. you can you build it up, build the suspense, and tell us tell us how the the last few minutes of the game ended? Well, I mean, we were we were up and down, up and down, and then eventually we were tied. We had just scored a try, and well, who scored the try? Uh, Paul, I think. Paul, I think. Yeah, a winger scored the try. Very lucky try. Yeah. Played really well to that try. I mean, um, Henri, I think, our captain, number 15 fullback, he did all the build-up for that try. Yeah. Not captain, William. William Huckle. Oh yeah, William Huckle was captain this game. He is normally our captain. Final game and for RCL in the league, so he was captain. Yeah, us. and talking about his, well, his final game, William Huckle, um, we had a, so this try was scored basically in the corner. So he had the toughest conversion kick you can ever have and with basically our entire season on the line slots it right home oh he gives us what a legend 17 15 cojones huh he's he's been doing the mahi he's been doing the work has he mahi probably got a good kicking coach as well you know so um (laughs) well 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 done well done uh, william huckle Nice to nice to hear. Good to see a familiar face. I'm sure yeah. we'll hear. He's obviously heading back to the UK uh, to go and well, they're moving over there. Everything's going to get involved with the rugby over there. So we'll be watching him. I know we missed boys yeah. um, next season, but as always, somebody moves on. It's another opportunity for somebody else to to step up. So next season, will you be the older crop of under 16s? Yeah, I'll be the older. I'm 2008. Matthew, okay. will, I'll be moving up to Division One of under 18. So when's your when's your birthday? Uh, I'm October 2007. And oh, okay. And, and many of those other other players in your team will be moving up with you. Uh, about half our squad will be moving up, moving up. So it's split between 2007s and 2008s at the yeah. moment. And then it, obviously next it's year, an interesting one here, isn't it? In Europe, that they still do the two age groups together because even with two years there's a lot can happen in terms of maturity and physical development and stuff like that like we think we go back to the UK and stuff everything's just one you know you're just one year sort of first of normally 31st of August round to you know the full year that's your then that's your um, that's your school group and then it only really changes if it's like representative rugby and stuff like that yeah but I don't think uh, you can really get the numbers in well here and in Belgium as well uh, so that's one of the reasons. But the thing I find weird is we do it um, rather than doing it as the season progresses. So you sort of have everybody going for 15 to 16 or whatnot. Uh, we do it with years and find that a bit confusing. Cause it yes, you're almost... How many teams play in the league? Um, oh, well, um, for Division 2, yeah. you have two pools. You have Pool A and B, I think. Yeah. Is that right, Matthew? Yeah. And uh, so you've got six teams in each of those pools. So usually we would be with rival club CSC, but this year we weren't in Division yeah. 2 and they stayed down, we went up. Is, is, that, is that because of, uh, of proximity, because they're, uh, they're close by or uh, that you'd be in the same group as them? I think it's... Just results. It's, re- results, yeah, it's right. result base. It's something that I don't know if they... Obviously, unfortunately, Luxembourg sort of bottom of the pile when it comes to that, um, you know, that, that, that thought process. Because logically, it would make sense to have 
teams that are in your proximity because then it takes travel time down. I know, boys, you're you're probably fully aware that you're a much stronger team when you're at home because you have everybody available for every match as opposed to having to get on a bus for 15 hours and, mm. and take a different team away it's, with you. It's a massive feat. You've got to give yeah. credit where credit's due to even to the parents that go along. You get up early and, and, and even though you, you, yeah. you play your game, it's still, you're, not, you're coming home you're coming home late as well. It's a massive day. Yeah, the the bus rides are some of the most fun times. I tell you what, that's a great point. That's a great point. He said it's a, and one of the one one of the reasons that many many punters stay in the stay in the game because the the, the camaraderie that you get on the bus, the chats, the so, the, the can't beat a good bus trip, Nathan. No, yeah. I'd love to be on a bus with you. Actually, I reckon we'd have a laugh, wouldn't we? Where, where, where would you place me in the bus? Would where I be would you the bus? Oh, you mean would you be up the back? Do you think I'd do you think I'd walk in with confidence? Or you think well. Go on, where do you think? No, no, where do you, do you lads sit? I bet Matthew, I bet you you two sit up the back, don't yeah, you? Back of the bus. Sneak into the back with the older year. Yeah, yeah. he's not allowed in the back. No, no I, I sneak in, I'm allowed. Yeah, it's, a, it's a hierarchy, rightly, rightly so. That's the way, what's the way it should be. Yeah, Nathan, I'd let you come up the back. Maybe not right at the back, but maybe like near the back mm. sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm actually one of the ones that would take a hard ride about three or four up and keep to myself and, Yeah. Not really, not really. Just wait much. for the abuse to come your way. Yeah, and then when it and then, and then when it comes, mate, it's all in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gloves are off. Uh, just jump it back to the basketball. Obviously, the finals um, of the uh, of the men's and the ladies is well underway. In the ladies, um, obviously, earlier on in the season, we had all the controversy about um, T seventy one against Grunswold and the the uh, the hiccup with the scoring system that saw one of the teams lose by a point when in fact they should have won by a point in the cup uh, T71 lost uh, the first round 82 to 71 and then they then lost the second round um, 77 to 57 it is a best of 5 uh, in the men's the uh, Esch won the first game 79 to 74 and then Steinzel prevailed 73 to uh, 66. I remember chatting to Gav, uh, Gavin Love, who's head coach at Ettlebrook, and he was saying that um, Esch are a very, you know, a very, very high scoring uh, team. So, you know, if they tend to hit a certain number of points, they, they tend to be quite difficult to beat, which is showing it's 1-1 in in, uh, in the men's as well. So we'll uh, we look forward in to see how, uh, how that also ends up. Yeah, we just touched on a little bit of cycling there earlier. There's also the um, the LC Jacobs Festival that's kicking off this weekend in in, um, in Luxembourg, or 29th and 30th. So it's what's that Saturday, Saturday Sunday, isn't it? Um, this race has been the most important event for women in the country. Started some 15 years ago. So uh, I think it starts. Um Where's it starting? Stein, uh, Steinfort, Steinfort. Steinfort going up to Garnish, and then the second day I think it's coming um, back to where does it going back to? The start, I think. Why do you think we're coming back to the start? So two day, uh, two day race there. Um, here's a personality, a sad day for the longtime German sports commentator Ernest Huberty, also known as the Mister Sports Show. He died on Monday at the age of a cracking uh, ninety six. That's a good old innings, isn't it? Now he moderated the very first sports show in June nineteen four, uh, June the fourth, nineteen sixty one, um, and he also was uh, and it was very notable how he commented uh, commented on a game Germany versus Italy in the uh, World Cup uh, semi-final in Mexico in 1970. Now, he, the reason of interest for um, Mr. Sports Show is actually his father was from Luxembourg and lived with his family in Trier before he uh, went to Koblenz in 1932. Koblenz. So, you call it Koblenz? I call it Koblenz. You Koblenz? Really? I don't know if you're listening in, which one's right? Koblenz, Koblenz. But that's it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out what's it. Um, 
Some interesting things. You know, we were talking the other day, Scott, about, um, I found that we talked about the boxing match that went for 42 rounds. Yeah. And then before that, I had another story about, um, who was it? Daniel Lambert, the man who become larger than life. Yeah. Now, the same um, editor, uh, Ray Setterfield, in April 2016, brought out uh, this one. And, and again, it comes from the month, in, in fact, of April 20, 1887, because the record books show that on, or that on that day, George Bouton won the world's first motor race. But it was quite an interesting one, or a very hallow victory, we should say. And there was no champagne celebration because Botton and his co-drivers were the only ones taking part. And in fact, it wasn't actually, well, it wasn't even a car as we know it today. It was a steam-powered quadricycle. Now, it was organised by the newspaper uh, Le Velocipede to see if Button's machine, which had boasted speeds of 60 kilometres per hour, could make a 29-kilometre distance between the Neuilly Bridge in Paris and the Bois de, de Boulogne. Now... Uh, um, Bouton was an engineer scraper living and engineer scraping a living, building and selling mechanical toys with another engineer. Now these guys, the, the two of them had dreamed of building a steam car, but they didn't have enough money to finance the project. And this is where the Dragon's Den story came in, because in, that changed in 1881 when the wealthy Marquis Julibert de Dion bought a toy locomotive from the window shop that he saw that the guys had made. He asked them to build another, and so impressed by their skill and their interest of building this car, he went into business with them. This was the start of the De Dion Bouton Automobile Company, which for a while in the 20th century established itself as the largest car manufacturer in the world, renowned for quality and reliability. For the record, Bouton and De Dion completed the test course in one hour, 40 minutes, riding La Marquise, the quadricycle named after the artistocrat's mother. There you, we go. You love a random sports story, oh, don't you? Oh, just random stuff. Like, yeah, I do. Love it. The incredible story of, I mean, what takes it is the sportsman Daniel Lambert who become larger in life. That was a, that was a, that was a beauty. But um, yeah, I do like, um, yeah, I do like my sports cracks. Boys, can we come back to you? Because I've got a couple of questions. There's a few other things that you wanted to talk about, wasn't there? There was the NBA playoffs. Now, which one of you wanted to talk about the NBA playoffs? Because be I think it's happening right now. Is that right? Uh, I don't know if it's happening right as we speak, but it is. I, th- um, I think it is. There's a few. Well, it's on Euro, at the moment, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, on, no, we don't know if it's um, on at yeah. this very second no, whilst no, we're on the radio. No, 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 okay. But I mean, uh, well, it's happening. Yeah, it's currently right, underway. It's currently, yeah, there we go. It's currently underway. Um. So well, I've got I've got my notes here. Um, well prepared. Yeah, of course. Um, some well, some notable things are the Brooklyn Nets got uh, swept by the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. So that basically means uh, the Seventy Sixers won uh, the first four games, and how the well the NBA playoffs work with a sort of. Well, first of four wins. Best of seven, isn't it? Yeah, I think best it is of seven, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you get swept, so. that means it's just, just like 4-0, no yeah. drama at all. Just out of curiosity, I think that affects your position, obviously with a view to the, the draft, where you're obviously looking to recruit players for next year. You know, your uh, final final finishing position yep. means you can, because the, the weaker teams get a stronger pick for the um for the draft that's how that works usually those the teams that get into the sort of the lottery picks uh, Mm -hmm. 
little voice crack. But uh, they usually they usually don't even make it into the playoffs, so they'll be yeah, but proper bottom. Uh, yeah, get, they'll get the good. They'll get the good. Uh, hopefully, get the good players. Yeah, and it, it's it's a system that works. Yeah. And do, do you play basketball? Uh, not really. I oh. used to a bit. Not right. Too short, to be honest. Yeah. What about yourself? You're are you a baller? No, oh, in the free time sometimes with yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 out in the schoolyard, you've got you, there's a there's a basketball almost caught out in the. In the, in the main area, right? Yeah, but it's occupied normally by older years. No, primary or primary. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. But it's not one to bully it for, though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, Matthew, just jumping over to you. You talked about ice hockey, but you were talking about the more high-profile stuff, so like the Stanley Cup and stuff like that. Is that underway at the moment as well? Yeah, at the moment, the Stanley Cup's on. I mean, it's they're currently in the first round. And each each team, they've all played their first four games and they're all on to their fifth game this weekend, I believe. I mean, last year was won by the Colorado Avalanches and, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who win this year. Who, do, do you know who's in the mix? Do you know who's in the mix of the in the Stanley Cup finals? It's not on... They're not in the finals yet. They're nowhere near. No. They've got quite a while still. Really? It's the playoffs, isn't it? So it's like all the different teams and it's like the... They, they, they fit they, where they filter through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Filter through from conference, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So really, would you have a hockey team that you would follow or you would know about? Nah, I wouldn't at all. Boston mm. Bruins, maybe. Yes. Do you know any other teams, Nathan? Adams. Mm. Maple Leafs, maybe. Toronto, Toronto Maple, Maple Leafs. That'd be probably t- Toronto or Boston. Boston Bruins. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd go t- Toronto. The, uh, the Maple Leaf Canada, Canadian, ice, Canadian ice hockey, man. mate. The the uh, the Canadians love ice hockey. Like we sit here, we obviously love our rugger and our squash. And I always say, if you if you really want to see um, a country love a sport, speak to the Indians about cricket. It's exactly the same with the Canadians. Canadians in ice like, hockey. Having played, I've played sevens uh, a few times with a lot of the Canadian boys and they, they love their rugby but as soon as you start talking in ice hockey they just absolutely love it. I've got a couple of lads I've played with and I'll just tag them in random videos and they're, uh, yeah, they're absolutely mad for it. It's definitely a sport I think I'd have loved to have, uh, you know, another one you'd love to have a go at because you look at, they're, they're fit boys and stuff and they, you see them absolutely getting savaged in the fitness and stuff like that you know wouldn't be wouldn't it be a sport that's kind of hard to get into because you need to know how to ice skate before yeah i think i mean but i think that's really you know i think that's representative of any sport at the top level you have to start it from a young age so you can pick it up but certainly yeah you've got to be able to skate otherwise you're uh you're no use uh no use to anybody if you ever if you want to watch a film watch a film called goon with sean william scott very very funny about like the enforcer guys who basically go around and fight um, and target players and stuff like that. It's very that that sort of role has died out in ice hockey over the years. So, but it's very very funny. Um, Nathan, I know you wanted to quiz the boys a little bit on their uh, on their work experience and stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. All right, boys. So, very first question. I'm going to be blunt as blunt as blunt. Why the hell have you chosen to have your sc- <laughs> your work experience with Scott Brown? Tell me. What? what and. Why two of you? You probably need Lost. More, probably need more of you. Last last you? one on the list, probably was it? <laughs> I know, that's a very good question. To be honest, I mean, I mean, me personally, I didn't really want the desk job. Be, be with Scott. Uh, well, <laughs> be the first. You'll not be the last to say that. <laughs> we love Scott that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
Well, so. he, but but Scott is obviously he's. Do you, ta- do you take their class? Do you take their? Do you take them for PE at school? You've been lucky enough to teach them probably for the last um, couple of years or so um, at, at St George's, and then obviously yeah. I've. You taught me before in under tens and under twelve. That's right. Rugby. When I was doing a little bit of the the, co- the coaching at RCL with the Acolda rugby and stuff, so it does make it easier when you're approached by students you already teach because basically I already have an opinion of them and it's very much a yes or no answer. And luckily, it was uh, it was always going to be yes with these two. You should. That's good. So does it imp- will it impact your grades? It's not it's not Scott that ju- that um, you have to send the the dossier to at the end of your work experience. I'll it? sign off a few. Bits. Off, I can send a, a, send a couple of strongly worded emails if I need to. You know. Yeah. A couple of things you need to do for us, and then that's. Oh, it. Yeah, we need to do yeah. our little interviews, don't we? Yeah, we need to yep. interview some people and get their job roles and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I forgot my booklet. Uh, but he's been, but he's been good. Um, but but he's been good for the burritos every lunchtime. Or was it just Wednesday midweek special? No, it's been beautiful. I mean, yeah. Monday, Monday, great lunch. Very uh, appreciative. Any excuse yeah. to go to a restaurant for food? I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. What, what the game was it? Yeah. yeah. The game. Matthew had a burger. Didn't what burger yeah. did you have? What'd you go for? Stuffed burger, of course. Stuffed burger. burger. As Scott would agree. Why, didn't why, didn't why, double it. Didn't what, double it what, up though, which what, was a bit disappointed about, to be honest. Why is that? Why is that, Matthew? Why is that the best burger? Tastes the best. Tastes the best. What best. what what have you got in there? It's got bacon, egg, the patty, lettuce. You've been there before. I tell you what, I have been in there. It's the it's the egg on the it's the, the egg on the burger that that makes it just a little bit runny, so it can come out like a little bit like a sauce. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can obviously tell Nathan the sort of stuff we've been up up to, you know, but, yeah, crack on. No, crack on, crack, on about these, crack on about these burgers at the game. <laughs> Do you want to go? Bur- you're telling me you've been doing all this fitness and gym work today and now I know you're going to tap me on the shoulder and be like, oh, come on, let's go to the game well, afterwards. I just find it absolutely amazing that um, Scott and I have been together and uh, doing certain mini or a few sports projects for about three or four years and he's never taken me to the game. Funnily enough, that's how we met. That's how we met, over a sandwich. I shout him a sandwich. I think I'm going to go for a game. But I'm going to get Scott to shout me for uh, a, a, a burger. And I think I'm going to stay with uh, Matthew and I'm going to go for that one. The juicy one? Yeah, with a, with a large Coke as yeah. well. <laughs> Double up that bad boy. <laughs> yep. Um, and so what about yourself as as a career? What about as, as, as you, would you like to go into sport as a career, do you think? Or is it still too early to say? I would say probably, yeah, but I mean, what in sport? I don't know yet. Just something possibly related to sport. Do something like And that. you take GCSEP, right? Of course, yes. I had to. So, yeah, already you've got, well, a lot more knowledge of sport and, yeah. Yeah, it does help. But, I mean, you learn a lot this week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, what did you, you learn that there's more, there's other industries in sport? I mean, for, you, 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 you look at Mr. Brown, for example, he's a, he's a sports, he's a sports teacher, he teaches in schools, and he also, well, it's not bad on the old microphone either. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, I just hope many. people are listening, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been, just to, just to be clear about, obviously, I, I don't see the point in taking people on work experience for them to, uh, you know, just, float around and do nothing you know these two have been chucked in at the deep end you know thankfully you know they've all been able to swim but it's very much a case of uh yeah lads you're planning this you're doing this you know i'll give a little bit of feedback and i try and take a backward seat and it's you know this morning was a prime example we did obviously the three sessions in the french school back to back i think it was fairly safe to say that first one was a toughie you know but by the end of it after the the second and third when you got a big smile on your face because you the confidence grows you get a better understanding and it's it's a it, Nathan and I obviously, obviously talk about um 
you know, the the way we sort of review everything. If you sit in an office, you know, you might have to go through different processes. Our feedback's instant, you know, so we're constantly receiving feedback. We know what works, we know what doesn't work, and you can you can uh, hopefully learn. You, you have to learn on your feet and adapt quickly. I mean, what's the... You know, if there's one thing you would take away from from your... Uh, this hasn't been set up, by the way, if anybody <laughs> listening. You know, I haven't done it like this, but we're only halfway through the week. But what's, you know, a couple of things you'll take away so far? Probably dealing with, like, the younger children who don't have as much respect because they don't know you and they don't want to listen to you because they don't know who you are. They don't, they don't, like... You're not seen as, like, the adult. So, like, dealing with them. I learned a lot this week from, like, how to do it and... What, you got one little schmuck give you a wee foot tap? Try to tap, tap you over, did he? Well, almost. almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that, that, it's that would have been me. It's funny. I, I say to uh, I said to Matt. I said, don't do you know? You don't take it personally because why would they listen to you if they don't know you? But you know, I'm sort of giving the boys a few little tricks and stuff. You know, be it the thousand yard stare, the death stare, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know how you communicate. You're working with your phonics. You know how we we stretch out with the way we're talking to try and get their attention and stuff. It is, but sometimes it's information overload. Sorry, Aaron. What about yourself? Uh, well, what do you want to know? Uh, well, what what would you take away from your uh, your uh, time so far? Well, I mean, I for one have a younger brother, so I do deal with younger kids a lot more. Uh, been a bit absent with them recently, but I'll get back in touch. <laughs> um, but I th- I've this well it's given me well for one a respect for what you do because I'm shattered every day when I go home and you do this every single well every single day and on weekends as well you run activities on weekends don't you so uh, yeah I mean it's not to say I remember I remember one of my first rodeos yeah you sleep yeah. So that's what I say to the lads is you, you can you just learn to sleep everywhere I mean this afternoon before we came in um, the two boys were obviously taking athletics and uh, and basketball and I was deliberately taking a back seat and very having very minimal minimal input which sort of shows how you've developed over the course of three days as opposed to you know a much longer time but it's uh, it's hard for me because I can't sit still. I'm just one of those people who can't sit still and I'm like, I think if I sit down here, I'll fall asleep. Not because I'm not engaged, but it's just, that's just how I am. But it's not to say it's, you know, I've obviously chosen to go down this route and it's not to say my job is any harder or any easier than anybody else. It's just different. You know, we're on our feet, we're active and, you know, if, if that's for you, then maybe it's what you should consider doing. But if you want to, if you want to sit at a desk and do that, then, you know, and, and, to, con- to, you. and to, to conclude, boys, would you recommend it to the next year to your uh, to to your peers to the to the team beneath you? Would you would you recommend uh, coming for a work experience with uh, Mr. Brown? I definitely would. I mean, obviously Scott would have to say yes to that. But yeah, very selective about how uh, you know there's to be a criteria. Obviously, you have to play rugby. Yeah. <laughs> can we do that? Can we do that live at Today Radio? Auction it, auction it off, auction it off. <laughs> if, you um, want, yeah. if you want to be. Uh, lazy and not do anything definitely don't pick it but <laughs> if you want to have a lot of fun well I mean yeah. I've had fun have you? yeah definitely great experience this reference is going to be good this there week we I'll tell go. you that for nothing <laughs> um, as always we uh, give a big shout out to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick whether you wash kit 
um, mark the pictures out, do the coaching, do the admin, whatever we do, we want to give you a shout out. You can stay in touch with us via Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and our social media pages. This will be uploaded as a podcast tomorrow. So if you have missed the start of the show or anything, you will be able to uh, catch up on it. Um, as always, you can check out the regulars. You've got the breakfast show from 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, then at lunchtime from 12 o'clock. Um, you've got the lunchbox, and then you've got Melissa Dalton with the home stretch from 4 till 7. Um, we have a way that we um, sign off on this show, fellas. Nathan, do you want to explain it? How does it work? Why do you say it? Why do we say it? Well, it's just... What does it mean? Goodbye. Yes. Hello. It's good. It means everything. It's one of those words that means like, many, many things. It's like the force, isn't it? It's, it's like, everywhere. It binds us, penetrates us, you know. It's just one of those words. It's just, yeah, would you like a burrito? You're gonna, it's going to be. Sure. Sure. Okay, so sure. until uh, next week, fellas. Sure. sure.